All right, we're recording. Uh, Chris, do you do you have a rant this week, or do you just want to chip chatter away <laughs> on your keyboard? And okay. did you just hit your mic? Did you just mm. hit your mic? Oh my That's god! That's an interesting question. I think I might have hit the mic arm. Now, granted, you don't usually hit your mic. You hit the uh, pop filter. Which yeah, I don't give it a little, have. a little bat around like a like a cat. I'm sure that's a great listening experience for the... Does that show up? (laughs) I think probably it will be audible, yes. All right. Well, we'll record another in just now, just in case uh, (laughs) none of that's usable. And if it is usable, you just listen to all of it, and now you're going to listen to another in where we say, hey, how's it going? Welcome back to High Floor, Low Ceiling. Is this the episode? Yeah. Do you think it's because it's like hot out and it's the summer? Do you think that's why we don't have as much rant in us? Like we're all just like laid back. We're like, oh, too hot to I rant. Do... <laughs> too hot to Randall. Um, remember Randall from Recess? Before your time, I'm sure. Oh, no, no. Uh, Recess was the one with the kid with the backwards hat. Right? <sighs> he was like the main character. Yes. TJ Detweiler. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Stumbled across a recess super fan. Uh yeah, I'd say so. You know, you got Vince, Gretchen, Spinelli. Spinelli. Mikey, Spinelli Gus. sounds familiar. Keep going. They should The Digger Kids. What was the teacher? The name? Ashleys. Miss Grokey or Miss Finster? Or Hank the Janitor? Or Principal Prickley? Do you consider janitors to be teachers? Well, you know, he's a school administrator. Support staff. Support staff. <laughs> yeah. Why are, who are you to talk down on a janitor? <laughs> I'm not talking down on a janitor. I'm talking down on your understanding <laughs> of the word teacher. There's an episode where Miss Grokey is revealed to be moonlighting as a magician. Oh. At a well, place I actually... called Gutlik Platz. <laughs> Gutlik Platz. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a thing that I was going to bring up in later weeks about magicians. Maybe save wow. it for one of our off-week episodes, but I guess I should get into it right now. Why did magicians become the thing that, like, is, like, an automatic bullying thing? Like, if you're a magician, you're a loser. Like, magic's kind of cool. Like, if someone does a good trick, you're like, oh, that was sick. H- how come we all just decided to, like, make fun of magicians? I think that there is an inherent sort of, like, because of the theater of it and how it is, like, heightened... Like, even mm. if you're a David Blaine-esque street magician, there is, like, a certain amount of performance you're doing. And I feel like if that's just, like, a person you're talking to... Because, you know, I feel like the most annoying people True. are always the people who are sort of performing as you're trying to talk to them, you know? Right. Who, who sort of, you can feel the social gears grating. Uh, so maybe that is where where that comes from and i feel like there is sort of like a a stereotype or a a trend of like people who are socially awkward uh perhaps yes taking up magicianhood as a way to uh interact with others and so maybe it's sort of a one leads to the other operation mm, yes i get what you're saying but speaking of using something to interact with others you're oh, listening boy. to high floor Low ceiling. Chris, we are having like a deranged summer season. Our summer season has chaotic energy. <laughs> what makes you say that? 
Well, just I, we. I think we've abandoned the rants for the summer, mm-hmm. and things have gone off the rails. Absolutely. I mean, I do think you sort of alluded to this in the cold open, which may or may not be audible to the audience, but I think the heat in the summer and the fact that usually when you record a podcast, you know, you're in a room, you, you know, close your windows, you turn the fan off and the heat does start getting to you over time. And I think that that sort of injects some more silliness into uh, into a summer podcast. That's my theory, at least. I like it. And also, it's just summer. It's a time to be fun. But uh, I believe I cut you off before you did your classic intro. Well, I was just going to welcome everyone to High Floor, Low Ceiling, the sports podcast that you're listening to now. I've really come back around on that as a, as the tagline. Yeah. Do you have that written down? Are you reading that off of screen? No, or are I'm you just at you. looking at something else? No, I'm um, looking at you. I have you on the second monitor here. Oh, I should have pegged you as a two-monitor person. <laughs> do you want me to move you to main? I don't think I heard right that yet. Here, and wow. my notes will go over there. Wow, it, it feels different being on the main monitor. It's a great piece of work for a visual medium. Um, of course, Griffin. <laughs> today, what we do, we ha- we have a main segment. We're gonna get to that all in good time. Uh, but you know, we're we're just gonna we're gonna go summer mode. We're going to take it free and easy. We're just going to sort of go around the horn. We're going to talk about some things that are in the news that have been on our minds in the sporting world. Yeah. Thoughts on um, that? Well, yeah. First off, uh, I have a just a brief little mini thing. Why do all pieces of sports merchandise, why are they obsessed with having the year a team was formed on the sports mm. merchandise? I was in Montreal this weekend with my girlfriend. Lovely trip. Very Double hot there. <laughs> the weather or? Oh, uh, the weather. We'll say the weather. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend was also very hot in Montreal, I should She's say. She's a Montreal 10. <laughs> She's a Montreal 10, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> oh, no. That, that's getting cut. I don't yeah. Cityist. Uh, Darth Cityist. Darth Cityist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah no i can't cut it oh what a shame um but all like the habs merch that i saw in all the souvenir shops all had like established 19 whatever on it and i was like yeah that is like any sp- not every sports t-shirt obviously but you you could find a uh, t-shirt for every single team in all of sports that has the logo, the name, and the year that they were established on it. EST.1977. I've got one for the Blue Jays in my uh, drawer right now that I haven't worn in a long time because it's much too small for me. And why is that a thing? Why are we obsessed with what year? I guess people just think it looks cool. I feel like that's a thing not only for sports merchandise, but for like all things. Like, I feel like all like the Yeah, you could get like is... an Abercrombie and Fitch shirt that would have yeah. like the year that that's established too. Yeah. The weirdest one is, like, when you go to, like, a restaurant and it's, like, established 2018. <laughs> it's, like, I guess you but you got to start early and sort of build yeah. up this this rep. But when it's been, like, under 10 years, I'm not impressed. Or I guess yeah. also, like, if I saw, like, established 2006, I'd be, like, okay. So, you know, you've stuck around, but <laughs> No, yeah, I think it's got to be, se. like, before 1990 at this point. But it, it's a it's something that appreciates in value. Every year that you mm-hmm. stick around, it gets a little more impressive. Anyway, that was just something that crossed my mind. Uh, the next thing, Chris, that we wanted to do, uh, how many Formula One races have you watched in your lifetime, Chris Housenjian? That 
is a great question, Griffin Porter. I would say in their entirety, probably like two. Yeah, so but, like you're you're certainly aware of the sport. You could probably name yeah. two or three drivers. Oh, we had, we had Liam Weber on to talk about the season, and I showed plenty of knowledge there. Yes, so. you did, of course. But anyway, a great post came up on the Formula One subreddit the other day asking for people's most absurd ideas for F1, and I figured you would be the perfect person to sort of run these by. You're aware of the sport, but maybe not super into it, so I'm just going to run a couple ideas behind you. I want you to give me your reaction. Would these make you more likely to watch a Formula One race? Uh, idea number one, if there was a figure eight shaped track with an intersection in the middle. So like a Luigi Circuit, I believe. Uh, you might be thinking of Baby Park. Baby on... Park is a perfect circle. What's Oh, oval, you're say. right. I've embarrassed myself. It might be Mario Circuit. It's one of the, the first tracks. It has the, it's a figure eight, but then the, there's a ramp. Yes. It has an elevated portion. Yes, but this one would be no ramp. It would just be a figure. It would just be an intersection. It would be a catastrophic safety risk. People would be killed. But <laughs> yeah. would it make you more likely to watch? If you could guarantee I, the safety. I uh, Well, if you can guarantee the safety, then what's the point, you know? like True. I think the idea of having that is the element of danger, although it would look cool. I do not think that that would make me more likely to watch because I don't. I don't watch F1 for the crashes. Like, NASCAR, True. maybe, like, if there's a crash, I'll be like, that's cool. But F1, like, it's already so skillful and, like, watchable in its own right that you don't really need, like, the crashes to beef it up. Okay. All right. What about this one? A Instead of the driver starting the race and just driving away when the race starts... Uh, the drivers all start in the pit stop and the car is on the track and they have mm. to run to the car and get in and start it and pull away. I thought you were going to say that the pit crew has to... Did you hit your mic? Is that why you made that face? No. Oh, I don't think I, so. <laughs> I was going to say that the the car should be like disassembled and the pit oh. crew has to put it together and before get them you out can, there. Before, yeah, before you can drive. So it's like... Partially, because, you know, we all know the pit crew is so important, and your pit times are important, so why not, you know, boost that up, get them to put the car together before our very eyes, and then uh, send us on our way, and can't cheat that way. I guess you can probably cheat more easily that way, but... I like that. I like your idea. Uh, That probably wouldn't impact the overall drivability, or watchability of the race, but it would certainly make start more exciting, I think. Yeah, Um, well, I think that's true of the other idea as well. Yes, true. Uh, the next one, uh, if you're if they're on a street circuit, they don't get rid of the traffic lights. Uh, sometimes mm. people will be driving along, and if you hit a red light, you just hit a red light, and you gotta wait. And so if if a ra- like that's the great thing about a safety car late in a race is if someone's got a big lead, it brings everyone back together. So that mm. would just happen all the time. Um, I think that yes, and also like cross street traffic should continue. Okay. So like if you're like if like you're making a right, maybe not pedestrians, but like if you're making a right, it's like you gotta slow down, you gotta watch for oncoming traffic, you know. Yes. Okay. I like that. <laughs> uh, and then what if once per race? I just said the safety car is great to like regroup the race. What if once per race the viewers could decide when to bring it out just for a couple laps via like a live Twitter vote? Hmm. 
And what's the so what's what's the angle here? Like why why am I doing this? Basically, if someone pulls super far ahead or everyone gets spread out over the course of a race, it's like oh, it's kind of a snoozer until the race ends. Uh, but in this situation, a safety car slows everyone down and there's no passing, so everyone gets bunched back together. Right. So the race gets exciting again because all of the big like everyone can pass each other again. Yeah, I guess I don't have much faith in the uh, the wisdom of the crowd to uh, deploy such a such an option in a beneficial manner. I mean, I I can see the logic, I suppose, but you know, I mean, if you if you get a lead, then you get a lead, you know. Yeah, the, I I do see that. That doesn't happen in the NBA where they're like, oh, this isn't competitive anymore. The Knicks get fifteen points. Yeah, I mean, what like, to again uh, go back to Mario Kart? One of the most annoying parts of some Mario Kart games is uh, rubber banding, where the people in last can make back uh, mm. the time more easily. Like, you know, Mario Kart's perfect, I think, because and for so many reasons, but partly because like it has this sort of natural balancing mechanic where if you're further back, you get better items, and so it's easier to get ahead. And so maybe that's what we need is some kind of uh, some kind of comeback mechanic. But it, I think it should be more based around like the driver's skill. Like, what if the driver just got like a turb? Like, uh, what if what if everyone gets a can of NOS, Fast and the Furious style? But what if the viewers get to decide <laughs> when that can of NOS gets activated <laughs> once per race? No, that would be nice. A uh, couple more for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, drivers need to roll double sixes to start a race. When the mm. lights go out, everyone just starts rolling dice, and if you roll a double six, you get to pull out. Mm. Uh, that's once again just sort of rate start related but that would be fun yeah monopoly rules i think it should just be any doubles fair doubles yeah any sixes. okay yeah yeah i like that monopoly jail rules uh, and also you get to move a certain distance based on what you rolled so like, okay. if you roll double sixes then like you get a 12 kilometer head start <laughs> <laughs> all right i like that just board game style and then uh last one uh after every 20 laps the car in last place explodes <laughs> okay you yeah. tune in yep that's all great. right great i've been thinking of that segment for a while glad we were able to uh do it yeah and maybe like um like i you know obviously they should have they'll have some warning so like I yeah think they should have they'll have a timer on their screen and then they have to sort of eject in a timely manner yeah uh, yeah no yeah you can bail out uh yeah this isn't a ben quadranero situation at the uh the boon to eve classic i don't know what you're talking about Remember when his uh, pod race? Oh, of course, his of course. four-engined pod racer. I knew it sounded familiar. Uh, it's kind yeah. of ironic because he has his famous crew of pit droids. Of course. <laughs> Do you think Anakin is Max Verstappen? I guess so. Young, I blonde, guess have to be challenging the reigning champion. Yeah. Although he is uh, now the reigning champion. It's interesting that you think of Lewis Hamilton as Sebulba. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. You know, everyone knows big Lewis Hamilton guy here, but I think Sebulba gets a bad rap. What did he do wrong? Well, he does have illegal flamethrowers on the side of his pod racer, I believe. It's pod racing. There's no... Nothing's out of bounds. All right. Uh, what? There there were a couple real real sports we wanted to talk about here as we whip around the horn. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the theme today is we're going around the horn. Uh, you know, the MLB All-Star game is uh, tonight at the time that people are listening to this, I imagine. Or it was last night. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> oh, yeah. probably t- it's probably tonight. <laughs> it's probably tonight. Um, so you uh, and but more importantly, last night was the uh, home run derby. We all Which remember is... that the winner was. 
Albert Pujols, the 42-year-old. It was a great story. I was so glad. I was pretty surprised that he hit 644 home runs in the final round. Yeah, But, I mean, we were all just sitting there blown away. He just would not stop hitting home runs. It was very impressive. Yeah, and then Pete Alonso, of course, sadly, did decapitate him with a baseball bat. (laughs) That was the only way they could stop him. But then it was Alonso's turn, and unfortunately only got to 638. So Pujols did still win the home run derby. Yeah, but then as a consolation, they fired Albert's head out of the pitching machine. He got to... <laughs> I did say, I thought it was disrespectful when they took the Home Run Derby trophy and put it where his head used to be. <laughs> While his body was still upright and stumbling around. Yeah, they're like, hey, maybe this can be his head. Um, but yeah, I guess Albert Pujols will be in the Hall of Fame in a few years since I guess he's retired now. Yeah, I mean, they already have his bust made. They can just... dip. His severed head and bronze. <laughs> oh my god, that's the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay, well, you know he's special. Do you think that? Do you think football Hall of Famers that those are the real heads in there? I think if you die before you get, if you're a posthumous inductee, they they your dip head. your head in in or, bro- or bust metal. What if, it's, what if it's just your bust metal? <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just your real skull? And they form the head mm. around it. Yeah. Can you imagine if it, they were just like skulls in the Football Hall of Fame? That'd be just cool. Busts of skulls. And they were all fractured and broken in various ways from a career of playing football. And they were uh, all crystal and filled with vodka. Oh, now you're talking my language. Carlton alumni, Dan Eckridge. Big shout out to the Ravens. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, um, but Griffin, you wanted to talk about the, the home run derby. <laughs> yes. Well, I think we just did. But I mean... Obviously, last night's crazy derby aside, another mm-hmm. big congratulations to Albert Pujols and a big uh, condolences to his family. Um, let's hope Pete Alonso goes to jail for a long time. Um, Pete Alongo. Alongo time. Yes, uh, the home run derby <laughs> is too long, and they need to add new stuff. Like They need to have a skills competition like the NBA and the NHL do, where the home run derby is the last thing. And you just have everyone go once and the winner gets it. Because it's like three hours and it is cool. But at this, at a certain point, like every home run is the same. You know, it's like they yeah. all just like, oh, he hit another one. Oh, there it goes. And like, sure, it's impressive when like Josh Hamilton did that thing 10 years ago where he hit like 30 in a row. And it's like, that's cool. But for the most part, the home run derby kind of sucks. And so, yeah. but the problem is that a lot of baseball skills, like you can't do anything to do with a hardest throw because someone would get hurt. You can't have a yeah. pitcher and you can't have like an outfielder, but I think we should have a running race in there, a around the bases race, the fastest players in baseball, the mustard and the ketchup sausage. <laughs> You're talking about like the between, yeah, sure. Bring yeah. the best racer from every single one of those. Yeah, the freeze will be there. Oh, yeah. Oh, the freeze is winning for sure. Unless you think, yeah. like, the bratwurst can give him a... <laughs> I think the sausage can give him a run for his money. Uh, and then I think some sort of outfield accuracy competition could be fun. Like, you set up those big targets that, like, explode when they get hit, and then you've got, like, the best right fielders, like, trying to gun people out at certain you, bases. Are you describing the targets from Super Smash Brothers? No, but, like, the ones they use in, like, the NHL accuracy competition. Do those explode? Well, they They pop. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of target that when it gets hit, it goes like... Like shatters into a billion pieces. Yeah, not like a firework. Um, (laughs) What if they should have just made it of glass? (laughs) Perfect. 
yeah, and I was just wondering, Chris, if you had any other things that you thought would be fun to see at a baseball skills competition, or if you just like a three-hour home run derby. I can't say I care for home. I don't really care for any kind of all-star festivity, although I will say I did watch the uh, all-star celebrity softball game, and that was uh, at times enjoyable. Yeah, does Brian Cranston look like that for a role, or is that just what he looks like now? I was wondering that as well. This was a point of discussion. I, you know, I think, you know, it's a it's a David Letterman mode, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think when a beard gets that big, it doesn't look good, personally. It is really, like, bushy and unkempt. But I think, yeah. that, you know, it's the summer, he's hanging out. True. I wonder if he's going to play, like, Santa Claus or something. That would be fun. I think they did actually talk about that on the broadcast. <laughs> that uh, it would be Brian Cranston versus J.K. Simmons in a Santa Claus competition. Yes, because J.K. Simmons has the same beard. I saw Jojo Siwa hit an inside the park home run. She did. She was great. Good for her. Um, I mean, Jesus and Mero apparently now uh, on the verge of a breakup. Due to something that happened in the All-Star Celebrity game? I don't think so, but apparently they were both there and... They didn't say a word to each other is what I heard. Oh, they've got such great on-camera chemistry. I know. It's hard to imagine. I know. Do you think that'll ever happen to us? Nope. We're going to do this forever. Good. Good. (laughs) I just, I want to know that if we ever see each other at the MLB All-Star Celebrity Softball Game, we'll chat. Yeah. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, uh, (laughs) they'll laugh at my pain. Uh, yeah, we will, uh, we'll, we'll chat at least. We'll, we'll say some, we'll be cordial. It'll be like, uh, the, uh, the league of their own, the last scene. Oh yeah. It'll be like, you know, we've, you know, time has healed our wounds and. Is this after we like high floor low ceiling blossoms into an empire and we get into some inevitable like money related dispute? Yeah. I'm going to completely screw you. Yeah. I I could see that coming. (laughs) You want to know the worst part? I would probably still do the podcast with you. Wow, you yeah you I'll sign you like a twenty year twenty million dollar contract. I'll be okay. raking in fifty mil per. Oh, you see, I just agreed to that. I didn't even pick <laughs> yeah. up on the fact that you're screwing me. <laughs> Damn, it, 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 really it would be that easy. easy. It really is too easy. <laughs> I think um, I'd be happy with twenty million. I don't think I, I need think fifty. I, as well. I do not. I mean, like I think about people who have like a billion dollars, and I'm like. How do you even discern like what like what is the difference? <laughs> yeah, truly, like, that would give me tried... like anxiety. Like I would feel like I'm not like making the most of it. And it's like, no matter why are you what still I do, working, you insane person. Like once I hit I a billion more. dollars, and I'm like, I know like obviously if someone actually like wanted to divest all of their wealth into like cash, they probably he probably would not have a billion dollars per se. But um, yeah, I mean it's like why are you still working? Just give yeah. it up. You won. You literally so, succeeded from a capitalistic standpoint more thoroughly than anyone else could ever hope to. Very true. Yeah. So is is that that's what we would add to the MLB All Star Game? Yeah. Billionaires should throw money at the, <laughs> at the passengers, <laughs> at the uh, audience, audience, fans, fans, crowd. What do you call people in a stadium? Crowd. The crowd. <laughs> yeah. And the the two things I was going to suggest is um, instead of having someone throw to you. You do it like little league style, like catch my ball. It's like throw it up and then hit it yourself. Oh, for the home run derby? Yeah. That would be fun. I like that. And then the uh, other one is like something location based. It's like instead of it just being about like the power and hitting it into the park, you're sort of trying to like hit specific spots, hit targets, mm. like you said. Uh, hopefully, ones that will explode. Yeah. And, you know, things of that nature. <laughs> Laced with TNT. 
Okay, so we've got a around the bases race, which I'm taking JoJo mm-hmm. Siwa in because I saw her burn up the base path. And I'm taking the hot weekend. dog. Yep, <laughs> classic clash. Uh, <laughs> we got a outfield accuracy competition. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a uh, hitting accuracy competition and one round of home run derby where they toss the balls to themselves. I think that's a much better all-star skills competition than three hours of home runs. Uh, just a couple quick other around the horns, Chris. Uh, do the Blue Jays deserve to have six all-stars? Yeah, probably not. I know that there's injury replacements, and I know that it seems like every year in Major League Baseball there's like 60 all-stars per league. Uh, but, yeah, they're like five games above 500. Um, yeah, and I, I was I was just sort of like perusing this. I mean, the Rays only have one all-star. And it's like, you know, on the one hand, you can be like, oh, well, like the Blue Jays, you know, they're kind of like top-heavy. But it's true. like not, I mean, like, I guess their starting pitching is top-heavy, technically speaking. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Santiago Espinal is an all-star. It's not like he is like... Yeah, he's hitting like 275. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't want to take anything away from Santiago Espinal, but I don't think that's the kind of player you really think of when you think about an all-star no it's like a 101 ops plus like couldn't Brandon he has a 101 Lowe... ops plus yeah like he has he's a 711 ops like, that's great so he's li- he's one point above he's one percent better than an average major league baseball hitter and he's an all-star yeah i just that's don't right. think like I mean, you know defense true that is part of it but i just don't think in being an all-star is as coveted baseball i mean obviously it's still a big deal and these guys are all great players it just but it's kind of like, weird to me how things get chosen yeah it's just like i feel like you could be a three-time all-star a lot easier in baseball than you could in like basketball and like you could be a three-time all-star and be way more forgettable yeah definitely and it's like is jordan romano that good yeah he's pretty good he's good but like is he that good <laughs> i mean I guess so. Like, he was also an injury replacement. Yeah, that's true. They're but, just you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. He leads the American League in saves. How about that? Yeah. you got to put the save leader in the All-Star game. Sure. I mean, of course. You it's have how- to. It's one of those unwritten rules you're he's always on, hearing about. He's on his track to the Rolaids Relief Man of the Year. <laughs> Did I still do that? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, all right. And then the last thing we want to touch on, Chris, we never touched on the rudy gobert trade it's it's old news it's passe but uh that was crazy yeah i mean it's just for those who aren't aware rudy gobert to the minnesota timberwolves for malik beasley patrick beverly on the move again i can't believe he didn't stick this time yeah i mean he was the heart of minnesota uh leandro seemed like he would stick it did seem like he would stick i am kind of surprised that they traded him because it's like why would they like surely he matters more to minnesota than he does to utah right yeah i wonder if it was just contract thing yeah um malik beasley patrick beverly leandro bulmaro walker kessler who was their first round pick this year jared vanderbilt and then four firsts three of which are unprotected in 2023 2025 and 2027 and then a top five protected pick in 2029 and a pick swap. Now, to me, this was a crazy trade. This was a crazy trade, Chris. I am 100% with you on that. Like Ozzy Osbourne. Crazy trade? <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy getting better at picking up on your <laughs> criticisms. Chrisms. Um, yeah, but That I, one I, wasn't I, even anything. That was just you smushing no. the two words yeah, together. Just a clumsy portmanteau, as uh, Scott Aukman <laughs> once said. Uh, <laughs> at any rate. Um, the I mean... 
four first round picks and a swap. But I thought we were like I thought we were past unprotected picks as a concept. Yeah, it's crazy that they were able to still get some of those like in 2027 this day and age. past yeah. the point at which like, like this Gobert's is the NBA. You have no clue what is going to be like in 2027. Like you cannot say a single player will be on a single team in 2027 in the NBA. Yeah. That is a bonkers thing to do unprotected. And also, well, I mean, is Rudy Gobert good? Is that where we need to start? Like, yes. <laughs> yes, obviously he is. But is he? <laughs> but is he? I mean, it's... yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing as, like, is Russell Westbrook good? Where it's like... No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say I would take Rudy Gobert over Russell Westbrook sure, any sure, day. Sure, sure, I'm not, sure. I'm not comparing them as players. But I'm saying, like, the thing with Russell Westbrook is, like, it doesn't really matter how good Russell Westbrook is because, like, the way he plays and sort of the the role that he can he has to fit into on a team by virtue of both how much you're paying him and just his the way he plays basketball is like he 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 isn't he isn't good enough to be the best player on a championship team while he while simultaneously he like doesn't fit as the second or third or fourth best player on a team I think maybe second but especially the third or fourth best and so it's like his value is kind of deflated by the fact that he doesn't fit on a good team and I feel like Gobert, he's not like that. I think he does fit on a good team. I think he really like makes a team good. I think he is pretty much like can make a team into a top ten defense by themselves. But I also think that he can really easily get like schemed out in a playoff situation or just like tested a lot in a playoff situation. And it's like if you're taking a player off the floor who you're paying forty million dollars to, especially because now you're playing him next to Carl Anthony Towns. So there are absolutely unequivocally going to be situations where you can't play both of those guys together and so then it's like why are you paying in 2024 25 why are you paying these two 93 million dollars combined yeah i mean i get what they were trying to do and i do like the idea of making carl anthony towns's life easier especially on defense like rudy gobert just hit my pop filter uh, we know what he does. He can get out there, and he is, like like you said, Chris, a one-man defense. He can immediately transform your team defensively, and I think that'll be great for the Timberwolves, and I think that'll be great for Carl Anthony Towns to not have to worry about protecting the rim as much and focus more on offense. Uh, I would actually love to see some Towns go bare pick and roll on offense. I think that would be kind of crazy and pretty hard to guard. Um, but, yeah, it's just like you said, when we get to the playoffs – the Jazz have found for multiple years that you cannot keep your highest paid player, which I think Gobert would be on the Timberwolves, or maybe Towns just passed him with his new contract. Towns but, will pass him a couple of years from now, I think. Okay, but either way, one of your highest paid players, you can't have him on the floor in the playoffs because he's so easy to scheme around, and it's just it's not efficient. It's not a good use of your salary cap. Yeah, I mean, like... And it's like, these players are so rare, but I feel like he needs, like, like the ideal guy to put next to Towns is, like, an Evan Mobley, where mm. he can be more of a power forward on offense and more of a center on defense, like, a rim protector who can also sort of play on the perimeter, and I guess it's like, that player just doesn't exist. But if not that, then, well, I mean, like, they were kind of doing it already with, like, Jaden McDaniels last year, sort of, like, the in, like, a Jeremy Grant kind of role. I feel like that is, like, the player for next to Towns is someone who has sort of, like, 
size and versatility and can match up with like the team's best big like what if what if they traded for Draymond Green oh is Draymond Green available <laughs> I don't I don't believe he is but like I mean if you offered him if you offered the same package that you offered for Rudy Gobert you might be available yeah that's the other thing it's one thing to have this conversation about Rudy Gobert but they also gave up a unbelievable amount of yeah. capital to get him so pretty bizarre from minnesota but hey i like teams that go for it and this is certainly one way of going for it uh chris do you want to crack open the freezer we talked about the gobert trade without really talking about the jazz who of mm-hmm. course are in the high floor low ceiling freezer mm-hmm. but i think that trading one of your franchise cornerstones is enough and maybe trading the other one is enough to get you out so donovan mitchell mm-hmm. we've just heard a latest rumor Knicks, of course, have been interested for a long time. Uh, we just heard a rumor that they might also be interested in Russell Westbrook, but I can't even process the Knicks. Uh, yeah, you shake your head. I don't know if you heard that, but the rumor is that if they get Mitchell, they would want to trade Julius Randle for Russell Westbrook. Why? I don't know. Julius Randle's good. <laughs> they also have Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Yeah, they just signed Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Yeah, and why would the acquisition of Donovan Mitchell be like, okay, now we need Russell Westbrook? Yeah. I anyway, mean, the, Laker, insane, the like... Lakers must be praying. Um, but, yeah, so, Chris, you're, you've, congratulations, Danny H has been fired. You've mm. just been named president of the Utah Jazz. Are you trading Let's Donovan go. Mitchell? Um, it's a tough, it's a tough one, because Donovan Mitchell is in a really interesting sort of tier of NBA player. And it's almost like a tier I feel like is kind of dying a little bit in today's NBA. Like, the the scoring guard who is, like, an elite scorer but doesn't really have another, like, elite skill. And I guess, like, that's what Steph Curry is, kind of. But, like, Steph Curry is so... He affects the game in such a different way than, like, it's not just because he is a great scorer that he sort of affects the game. Like, he affects it in a very unique way that nobody else can. Whereas, like, a Damian Lillard, a Donovan Mitchell, am I convinced that those players can be the best player on a championship team? I guess maybe if you paired them with another star and you have a good defense. But then it's like, that's what the Jazz did. And as we have talked about many times, I mean, we put them in the freezer for a reason. They're the team that perennially uh, disappoints you. In, They're in, freezing for a reason. Excuse that's me. That's so true. Um, and so I think yes is my answer. In short, I mean, like, they have a insane chest of picks that they have now acquired through Minnesota. And so if you're adding, like, six or seven first-round picks in addition to that for Mitchell, like, you literally could not ask for a better foundation to start a team on. And if you've already come to the conclusion that Mitchell probably won't be your best player on a championship team. I guess, like, the question is, do you sort of hold out? I, I, I think I give it one more year. I sort of poke around at the deadline. I see if any star players are available. I poke around at the draft. I see if any star players are available. If I can't find that, like, really high level, like, top 15 guy to pair with Donovan Mitchell, then I'm happy to cut bait on him. I... Like what you said there a lot, Chris, I would be happy to uh, make you president of the Utah Jazz tomorrow, and I do agree with the one-more-year approach. I think a lot of this has been spurred by the fact that Donovan Mitchell seems like he doesn't ha- see a long-term future in Utah, Utah, as I almost said. Uh, Utah, so- honest to 
Chazumpo. Utah Honest Chazumpo. <laughs> There's something there. We're so close. <laughs> we are so close. <laughs> oh, that's going to, oh, once we crack that, it's going to feel so good. We're on the verge.com. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think one more year. You're a new president, so maybe you try and sell Donovan on your new future for the team, your new vision. But yeah, I think if it's clear that he is going to leave, you can't let him leave for nothing. I'm a big proponent of that. Talk to yeah. them a year early, say, here's the extension. Do you want it or not? Because if not, we're going to get something for you. Yeah, and he does have, he has, after this upcoming season, he has two more years after that, plus a player option. So it's not a case where his value is really, like, getting diminished right. by waiting the year. Like, he's not suddenly become an expiring contract or whether, like, whoever trades for him will have at least two seasons to run with him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's been already far too much actual analysis. So why don't we take a short break so that I can recover from that? And when we come back, we've been teasing this segment for a while. It's time to do a draft when we come back on high floor, low ceiling. And oh. Who are oh. you, Skylar Gray? Um, that's a great song. I always thought that if that's I was... That's a great song. If I was like a superstar free agent and I was going <laughs> to sign with the Raptors or the Leafs or the Blue Jays, I would just cryptically post that song and everyone would be like, what does it mean? <laughs> this was a, like a fantasy that I had when that song came out when I was like 12 years old. When did Before, that song come out? Like 2011. Okay, so um, I was 14. How? Okay. Number one, I see this was before that song started becoming used anytime an athlete or anyone was coming home in that. Yeah, no, I, I was on, I was on the forefront. I was riding the breaking wave. Right. Second, cr- the word cryptic. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no one would know what it would mean. Would I go back to like the state where I played college? Like <laughs> what if, what if I had started it, been drafted by one team, joined a second team and how I was going to come to the Raptors for my third team? Or was I going back to the team that drafted me? No, but you know, if I was an athlete, I would be so good at being a professional athlete, like not in terms of my athletic ability, but just in like being like an entertaining personality. And like, I would be such a fan favorite. I think I really know how to, how to play the game. <laughs> Much like Triple H. Um, what what do you... Just because you would, like, post memes or whatever? No, no, I don't think I would be, like, a Joel Embiid. I think I'd just be really sincere and, like, really give it my all out there. 110%? 110%. People would... uh, Yeah, just did that. People would fall in love with me. And then when I left a place after being a superstar for years, I would just, like... I would make, like, the most heartfelt thank you oh, to the fans. You've got a lot of original ideas coming out here. <laughs> First, you would... <laughs> play i'm coming home when you came home and then when you left you would thank the fans (laughs) but i would do it really well i would tell them how much it meant to me that Mm -hmm. they embraced me Mm -hmm. Um, would you maybe do an instagram post no it would be a a video it's got to be a video my charisma doesn't come across as much in writing said the (sighs) writers Um. (laughs) i mean i agree Uh, Griffin, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> it's time for our segment. Uh, as as you said, we've been teasing this one for a little bit. This is a uh, a little thing I cooked up, uh, and it's it's gonna extend for quite a while here, Griffin, until next June, more or less. You're just inhaling. For, <laughs> I well, you, were I, I, you go. You keep going. Okay. <coughs> Did that get picked um, up on Mike? I hope so. Uh, we will be doing what I'm calling 
the Mega Draft. Oh boy. This is the NBA, NHL, NFL combination draft, Griffin, and we are going to be drafting... They're all on the table. Totally. And we're going to be <laughs> drafting teams today. We're not drafting teams, we're drafting teams. <laughs> ah, I see. A team we're of not, teams, if you We're will. not forming a team, we're selecting teams. Uh, Did you know, Chris, sorry, I just wanted to bring this up. I, I learned this recently. We are the only sports podcast that does drafts. Did you know interesting. that? interesting. No other uh, sports podcast has thought of the format of drafting things, which I thought was, uh, like, I, I was sort of blown away that we were the ones, but we're the ones. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, sports, every pretty much every sport has a draft. Like, I guess yeah. not, like, soccer or whatever, but, like, and so it's All like, the sports well, we like, talk about. Yeah, it's like you can select things, and then the idea of sort of selecting things and debating your decisions, it kind of carries over to uh, to uh, to the podcast format. Is yeah, but we're the, we're the only but ones. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. Well, I mean, at the very least, you know, you're, you're having fun here. But we, I think we are the only sports podcast that does Mega Draft. Mega Draft, <laughs> that's true. This might be breaking new ground. We're this also is... the only sports podcast that you're listening to right now. That's absolutely true. I hope. Yeah. Bro, what are you? Some sort of two-brained freak? <laughs> yeah. Um, are you Kyle Dubasing us? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the year. He's got it all figured out now. <laughs> I guess so. Um, Griffin, we are going to be drafting teams uh, based on who we will th- who th- who we nice. think will be the most dominant next season. Now, this is not an, an objective measurement. We're not gonna go president's trophy style just talk about regular season wins or you know necessarily how far a team goes in the playoffs like the florida panthers they'd probably end up somewhere in the middle of the road they had a great regular season they sort of disappointed in the playoffs they kind of bowed out quietly so we're gonna go more for a a bit of a bit more of a subjective measurement of how good a team was rather than just the record they put up well we'll have to bring in a partial of a panel of judges for uh, mm-hmm. a panel of impartial judges, you might say, yes. not a partial of impanel judges. Wow. Um, to You're judge really us next mixing year. Mixing up your words today. Yeah. Hey, I didn't say who we will think, <laughs> like you, <laughs> you just got did. Me. You All got right. me. <laughs> uh, who's who's picking first here? Um, I I don't have any tricks up my sleeve. I will say this isn't <laughs> like the uh, the summer activity draft where I intentionally Poached. gave you the first pick in order to. Uh, put myself in a better position so uh, i would you i think we should flip a coin because i do i would like to pick first okay um i have a coin okay i will trust you on this here's heads here's tails folks we're gonna do this live on podcast you don't this is another thing that no other podcast has ever done before flipped a coin i just did it off camera so that chris could not see uh-huh. chris i forgot to make you call it <laughs> yep you really did uh would you like to call it now it is placed on my hand i think you should flip it again and i would okay. like to say tails never fails tails never fails and i believe i caught a glimpse there it is in fact heads wow. once again was done off camera <laughs> um <laughs> This is a frozen envelope situation. <laughs> it's, but... a, uh, it's an Ocean's Eleven looped video situation <laughs> where you were doing stuff behind the scenes while I couldn't yes, see. Yes, I was. Um, but in the end, Chris, the first pick has gone my way after that fantastic mm-hmm. bit of audio content, and I am going to be drafting the defending Stanley Cup champion, uh... Colorado Avalanche. And I think you knew that this was the first overall pick. 
I did. I didn't want it to be the case, but yeah, I think they just, they have the best case to continue their momentum. I think that, you know, the, the lightning are losing people. Um, some other, you know, championship teams have lost players. I think I'm actually gonna have to call an audible here because especially with NHL free agency, I made this list a couple of weeks ago. And so I don't feel as inspired by some teams as much as I did. And so I think I'm going to have to pivot here. Um, I Obviously, I love the pick, Griffin. The Avalanche, a yeah. terrific team. I, think I just were... think they're the team that in any league is, like, most head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, and just, like, that I feel the most confident in still being good next year as they were this year. Yes. Um, this is a team that I'm less sure about being as good this year as they were last year. Uh, and, again, we should mention here, sort of, we had the idea of there's a bit of an NFL handicap because they only play 17 games. They play a one game playoff. And so like losing in the first round in the NFL playoffs is not the same as losing the first round of the NBA playoffs, for example. And so I do think that there's a bit of an NFL handicap here. And uh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is the, could, do you want to so trade down? <laughs> do I? There's so many directions I could go here, but I think I am just going to stick with this team, also a champion in their league. The Los Angeles Rams are going to join my squad. I think, you know, they, they lost Von Miller, but I think the Rams, you know, they, they always uh, they find a way to shore up their weaknesses. I think that unless, you know, we see, well, I won't even want to say anything uh, now that I've added them to my team, but sh- short of a, a Matt Stafford injury or some kind of major decline in that department, I think they are quite well set up. I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl next year, obviously. Like I said, there's a lot more variance there than in other leagues, but I feel pretty good about the Rams being pretty good next year. Yeah, I I mean, that's interesting, Chris. I actually didn't have them super high on my list of football teams. Uh, Just something, there's no real reason. I just don't find them to be a super inspiring champion. Obviously, Matthew Stafford, a great player. They've got Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald, like there's no reason to discredit them. I just something about them doesn't feel like a another big contender. They did, They're still they really making the Bengals the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it come is on now. Fair to say. How many teams are we drafting? Out of curiosity, four. You want to do four? We can do four or five. Somewhere All right, we can range. do five. Uh, so I'm actually gonna. I got the Colorado Colorado Avalanche, which are first on the on my board. I'm actually gonna take the team that's second on my board as well, Chris. Uh, a different football team. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Mm. I think that they are the best option out of the AFC, and I think that they're just my pick right now to win the Super Bowl. They were my pick last year to win the Super Bowl until they lost uh, to the NFL's overtime rules. Um, And I just think that they're such a great team. They're well-coached. Josh Allen, I think, might be ready to take another step, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, The division isn't going to offer them a lot of stiff competition. So I think the Bills are going to have a really great season. So I'm going to add them to my team. Yeah, I mean, the Bills were definitely on my board. They were, sort of, I sort of went back and forth with the Rams uh, to be my, my top team. But in the end, I went with the Rams just because, you know, they have the championship pedigree. I feel a little more confident, a little less variance maybe uh, than some other teams that I have on my list. But I think I have to go now, Griffin, with a team that, I mean, I guess I guess I can feel certain about them. Although they did have a, a bit of an up-and-down season last year, uh, I'm going to move us into a new league, and I think I'm going to take 
the Boston Celtics. Uh, finalists last year, obviously, had a terrific record under uh, after you know their first 30 games or so. I think that they're pretty much as good a team as they were last year. I think they can keep that momentum going. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them in the mid to high 50 wins next year. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them back in the finals next year. And I, I feel pretty confident, even though they did sort of have that scary little slump at the start of the season that made me uh, a little distrustful of them. But I think they are one of the safer options on the board here. And so I am taking the Boston Celtics. I like that pick a lot, Chris. I think their acquisition of Malcolm Brogdon is going to be big for them. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. had injury trouble, but if he can get healthy, he's a great player. So that is a great pick. Uh, as poised as anyone, I think, to come out of the Eastern Conference next year. Obviously, there's a couple big question marks hanging over the NBA right now. But I'm going to stick with the NBA, and I am going to take maybe the Celtics' biggest competition. I'm going to draft the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Uh, and the best player in the NBA, I think, despite the fact that Jokic has won back-to-back MVPs, I think it's pretty clear that the best player in the NBA is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think in basketball, of all sports, having the best player on your team matters. So uh, I'm taking, really, I'm taking Giannis Antetokounmpo, but I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks along with it. Yeah, I think that's a really strong pick, Griffin. They weren't on my board just because there are a couple of teams that I feel a little better about from an NBA standpoint, but they're very consistent. You know, I think other than that one sort of second round blip, a couple of years ago, they've consistently been really good in, from a win standpoint, really good from a playoff standpoint, always, you know, in the mix to be in the conference finals or something like that. Um, and so I think it's a great pick. Thank you. I am going to... Uh, this is where it becomes difficult because I think one of the interesting things about the Mega Draft is just how each team fits into its own league while yeah. also, you know, the overall concept. Like... Do I want to go with a riskier pick here? I have the Celtics, which feel like a safe bet. The Rams feel like a pretty safe bet. I think I'm going to go for a team that felt like an even safer bet before this year's playoffs, but now feels like a mostly safe bet, especially in the regular season. I think this is almost always going to be a good regular season team, barring any kind of injury. They just uh, made some roster moves which i think will sort of keep them secure in that position because they secured their starting center the phoenix suns griffin will be joining my squad obviously last year's playoffs did not pan out the way they wanted to but they're bringing back mostly the same roster continuity is always a good thing unless they trade for kevin durant in which case they could be even better um but keeping the roster continuity keeping deandre ayton over 60 wins last year in the playoff mix, even though they obviously had a very disappointing Game 7. I think, you know, if they win that Game 7, there's a very good chance, I think, that they are the NBA champions right now. What yeah, think? I think so, Chris. Um, it, the Western Conference is going to be crazy in the NBA next year. I think there's a lot of teams that are looking ready to make a deep run. So the Suns are a very interesting pick. They're one that I didn't have on my board, despite how good they were this year. Uh, I think, and I think that's the great thing about the mega draft. We've got what 94 options to draft mm-hmm. from here. So there's not going to be a lot of crossover. Um, I, I had the pegged as a bit of a regression candidate. Uh, Obviously, I think you're glad it's only a one-year draft because who knows how long Chris Paul is going to be mm-hmm. left. So that it's interesting. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see how that works out for you. I could 
very easily see the Suns dropping down to like a six seed this year, just in my own head, between like the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, uh, the Clippers, maybe. Not They're to give better away than the Nuggets and the picks. Mavericks, though. The Nuggets are getting Murray back. They're getting poor Junior back. The, mm. I think the Nuggets are going to make a run. Anyway, uh, mm. a respectable pick. I certainly can't argue with a 60-win team. Um, I'm going to take, Chris, I'm going to go back to the gridiron for my next mm. pick. Uh, and I'm going to take a team that I think has widely been regarded as the best team in the NFL for the past few years, even if they didn't win the Super Bowl every year. They've had some setbacks on defense. I think their defense is going to be tough. They had to trade their best receiver, but I think in the end, Mahomes to Kelsey is still going to get me there. So I'm going to draft the Kansas City Chiefs with my fourth pick. Yeah, almost uh, has this for a comparison, Griffin. Almost the Milwaukee Bucks of uh, maybe maybe I have a type. They have the consistency. Obviously, they have that star player who you feel confident saying at any in any given season, this guy can be the best player in the world. Uh, Obviously, have had some playoff success, have had the championship, and so I think uh, I think that's a really strong choice, Griffin. I think. Ooh, I do have a riskier pick here, but I think I'm going to leave it on the board because I don't think you're going to go in this direction. Um, so are we going to say we have two more picks here? I think you have two more and I have one more. Hmm, it's not a two more. Uh, <laughs> Fingers crossed. In that case, Griffin, I am actually going to pick a team you mentioned, which I hadn't even thought of until you mentioned them as sort of being back in the mix in this Western I wonder conference. if I just gave away my last pick. <laughs> it's possible this is a team that you know i wasn't thinking about two weeks ago but have sort of been increasingly thinking and talking to people about a team which could be a very real threat in the western conference a team which i think will is is the most poised of any contending team to make a big splash at the deadline and sort of bolster their uh their ranks in the way that the raptors did for mark gasol and much like the Raptors, they have Kawhi Leonard on their roster. The Los Angeles Clippers, Griffin, you look displeased. I, I don't know why I listed off a bunch <laughs> of teams in the middle of a draft. You have stolen my value pick, Chris. I'm going to have to pretty hit my big board pretty hard here. Yeah, uh, I, I love the pick, and so I decided to take it for myself. Obviously, uh, a team that consistently overperforms that is always in the playoff mix that you know has dealt with injuries to its stars but has kept on ticking and i give it up for them and i think that uh you know if any year is going to be their year i think it'll be this year and so i have to have gotta have my clips the los angeles i gotta have my clips are on the squad griffin it is your final pick i believe and i turn it over to you it is indeed my final pick chris and I'm just going to vamp for a minute. But in the end, there's still a lot of question marks hanging over this team. There's a big contract they're trying to unload. Mm. There might be a superstar they're trying to bring in. Lakers? But Wait. I think I'm going to keep it in Crypto.com Arena. Wow. Swing for- I've got the Avs already. I feel very good about <laughs> Avs, Bills, Bucks, Chiefs. I think that's sure. a rock-solid top four. Absolutely. So I think with my fifth pick, I can swing for the fences. And you know what? I mean, there is, however. There's some deep fences. I think we are ignoring the possibility. I know that this, 
next team that I'm going to talk about has been hit pretty hard by retirement <laughs> in that he has retired, but you can't overlook 17-time World <laughs> okay. Darts Championship. World Dart Champion Phil Taylor. I still... He's also not an NBA, NHL, or NFL team, it is worth saying. That's true. But he could he's be not, if he wanted to He's not to eligible be. for the mega draft. If he set his mind to it, uh, I think yeah. he could be. So I'm going to make him my honorary fifth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for my real pick, I'm going to swing for the fences. I'm going to take the LeBron's, the LeBron and James-less, LeBron Brooke. and James-less Lakers. How come no one's ever come up, come up with that before? <laughs> the lost brand. Le, 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 LeBron's. LeBron, Jam, LeBron Le, Jamgelis. LeBron's, LeBron's and James-less. The lost Jamgelis breakers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this is a crazy pick. Once again, friend. we're on it. We're so close. I think you have really spoiled your draft here, quite frankly. What? I mean, I I understand wanting to make a big swing with your fifth pick. I think I'm going to take something of a swing with my fifth pick. I just if they can bring not... Kyrie in and take out and get Julius Randle for Russell Westbrook. Well, presumably LeBron was almost Kyrie, the scoring title last year. He was almost the scoring title. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he almost won the scoring title. Yeah, I mean, Griffin, I'm, I feel for you. Just I, you wait. <laughs> I think you Just really... Just you wait. I wanted this to be competitive, and now you've put me in this position where... I mean, I had, I think, I, room to... I I agree. I, I love your four, but you really took a hard Just thing there. Just you wait. I'll happily be wrong. I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to see LeBron James get another championship. I think that'll be cool, but... Number five. Number five, and he's your number five pick. Uh, so the Los Angeles Lakers for Griffin. Wow, really interesting. I am going to take a bit of a swing here, but not too much of a swing. This is a team that sort of came into their own this season uh, and have made some moves to get better. And I'm thinking that uh, this could be their year to sort of make some real noise in the Western Conference. And of course, it never hurts to have the best player in your sport, which is why I am taking the Edmonton Oilers, Griffin. Mm. I am bringing them into the fold. They have obviously uh, made a splash in free agency. They're bringing back Evander Kane. They have shored up their goaltending position with the Jack Campbell acquisition. I think they're poised to do some big things. Obviously, they have the best player in the National Hockey League. Uh, and I, I think that, uh, you know, if I'm going to take a swing, I'd rather take a swing on Connor McDavid than on Russell Westbrook, but that's just me. Okay, that's like saying <laughs> I'd rather take a swing on LeBron James than Zach Hyman, but that's just me. Um, but that's that's an interesting pick, Chris, considering do you think you would have made that pick if they had lost that series to Calgary? Well, they won that in five games. Really. But it was a weird series. I don't count oh. that as a real win. I, I certainly don't count it as a loss, I'll say that much. <laughs> I think that you know, if you're I think it's if you're Calgary, it's easy to say like we didn't fully lose that, but if you're the Oilers, like they, they won that series. Like they were I think they were consistently the better team, even if they weren't necessarily so much better that it should have been a five game series. Um but I see your point and no, not really, because you know, McDavid had already sort of asserted himself as being what he is at this point. He had an amazing playoffs. Mm. Leon Dreisaitl had... Go ahead and burp on mic there. Yeah, sorry um, about that. Leon Dreisaitl had asserted himself as being 
a really great number two option. And obviously, if you think about their playoffs, like the one place they were consistently let down was their goaltending. And now they've hopefully, uh, you know, you can say what you want about Jack Campbell. I think most people would agree he is an improvement over Mike Smith. Yeah, I think on his good days. Yeah. And so I think if you're taking like maybe a team that was more of a second round team than a Western Conference final team, that's fair. But you're also shoring up their weaknesses and bringing back guys like Evander Kane, who were very important. Then you have a you have a recipe for success on your hands. Um, and so that'll complete our draft, Griffin. No, neither of us taking the Golden State Warriors or the were Tampa they... Bay Lightning. Yeah, I mean the Lightning did lose the championship, whereas the Warriors won. The Lightning, yes, but the Lightning, I think, would be my next pick. I don't. Um, I thought about taking the Warriors, but. Something about it. I was just like, uh, I don't And I mean, maybe this is the thing. Maybe people count out the Warriors when they should, yeah. but yeah. It does I don't feel know. like it's like that was their year. And it would be, re- it would, I'd be very, very surprised if they were even back in the finals next year. Oh, that, I'd be blown away. Especially since we all know the Lakers are going to the finals. Right, exactly. In the Western Conference. Um, another team, the one other team, Griffin, that we haven't mentioned that I did have on my board here, certainly feel less inspired about them than i did a couple of weeks ago when i made this list toronto maple leafs yeah i had that thought as well chris obviously toronto centric media um i think that both the leafs and the lightning if we had done this draft a few weeks ago would be much more likely to go uh but free agency not kind to the toronto maple leafs uh the goaltending is i guess it's just going to be a straight battle for the number one because neither of those guys has a clear stake at it so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see crazy move like i know we talked about this a little bit last week but like kyle dubas essentially just staked his job on matt murray exactly or Ilya samsonov i guess but it's just like it's so out of character for dubas to have this weird obsession with the greyhounds i know that they're his guys but it's like everything about dubas's image as this analytical statistic spreadsheet wunderkind but he's also like i i like the guys who came through the program that i worked in and those are the only guys i want like it's just it doesn't mesh in my head that he's just got this one obvious glaring weakness for sue saint marie greyhounds yeah it would be like if this is a (laughs) <laughs> mixing my metaphors here but like it'd be like if sean mcveigh like really liked to bunt <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it'd just be like everything about you suggests manager. that that you wouldn't fall for this yeah this trap oh but what can you do griffin why don't you run down your team i mean i like i said i really like your first four picks and i'm thankful to you that you sort of threw me a bone with uh your lakers pick and sort of made it a little more even I threw you a bone with my Lakers pick and giving you the Clippers pick. So I threw you two bones. Uh, but yes, my team of teams. Much like Col- Kyle Dubas. Two bones. Two bones. Uh, Chris is making hand phone gestures mm-hmm. for those of you who are not watching us on video, which none of you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not something we do. But yes, my team of teams, Chris, we're starting off with the Colorado Avalanche. That's a good, the team of teams. Team of teams. The high yeah, floor, low be- ceiling team of teams invitational team of teams tournament Hmm. invitational is good too uh the colorado avalanche the buffalo bills the milwaukee bucks the kansas city chiefs and the los angeles lakers i love it i love the picks love the team my squad the los angeles rams the boston celtics the phoenix suns the los angeles clippers 
and the Edmonton Oilers. I think, uh, you know, I think I feel like you sort of have like the current generation of sort of like the teams that have been good over the last like five years or so. And I was sort of going more for the teams that are maybe not the Rams and maybe not the Clippers, but sort of <laughs> the teams that are going to be good for the next five years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the teams yeah, that I, sort I was of trying recently to hit ascended. present success. Yeah. And I think that's a totally valid strategy. Like consistency is very important, uh, especially in the regular season. And so I think uh, see the fruits of our labors over uh, this combined NBA, NHL, NFL season. Yeah, maybe maybe but, we'll throw that up on Twitter just to see who the fans would give mm. or the listeners. I'm not going to call you guys fans; that's presumptuous. Uh, <laughs> but who the listeners would just sort of give like a head start to who they think is yeah like going that. from a stronger position. But, so if you want to vote, oh, in that poll, Griffin, you can mosey on over to Twitter and visit please. HFLC Podcast. Yeah, give us a follow. Or, give us a retweet. Sure, give us a retweet. You can also follow us at the same moniker on uh tiktok and instagram you can follow griffin at griffin porter 97 on twitter you can follow me at c house and jan on twitter listen to got the runs listen to bevy of bevies prepare to maybe soon listen to oua in conversation yeah in, no updates in, this we're week. in conversation a bit. oh yeah we're in negotiations so true but i'm afraid that we'll have to wait until next time And until then, please keep your floors high and your ceilings low.